Hi Rachel, what are you doing? I've just finished recording episode 14 of my Lessons from Lost podcast. Who are you talking to this time? Louise Lyons. And what's her Lessons from Loss? She lost her health to chronic pain, the job that she loved and trust in her body. But she's learned so much from the experience, she's now grateful for it. That sounds really interesting. Does the porcupine feature this week? No, but perhaps you can ask Lou about the porcupine next time you see her. I shall. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Lessons from Lost podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and each episode I chat with a different guest about their experience of loss and more importantly, what they learned from it that now positively guides their life today. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of my guests in sharing their stories and the impact that has on them and of course you, the listener. Please look after yourself whilst you listen. Today, I'm super happy to be chatting to the lovely Louise Lyons. A few years ago, a persistent headache was the beginning of a long journey to have fibromyalgia diagnosed. And along the way, she faced struggles with her mental health, in addition to being a mum to three girls and the breakdown of her marriage. In spite of all that, Lou recently ran her 100th marathon and refuses to have the loss of health as part of her identity. Welcome, Lou. Hi, Rachel. Hi. So firstly, huge congratulations on reaching number 100. You know, it's been a bumpy ride to get there, but you stuck it out, you persisted and and you, you know, had a a wonderful celebration day. And, you know, that persistence and just getting on with it is something that I, you know, I hugely admire about you. But perhaps we can start with how the loss of your health has impacted your life. Um, So it started in 2015. Um, I was running really well. Um, I'd done a few, probably two or three marathons before that. Um, I had no intention of running anymore. Um, I was super happy with my times. Um, I was a lot quicker than I am today. Um, and um, that in itself has, you know, become a challenge. Um, so, yeah, I, I had this headache and then there were other symptoms that crept in, you know, achy bodies in the morning. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I was really stiff. Um, I had a lot of back pain, a lot of hip pain, and I just put it down to, you know, overtraining maybe, or not looking after myself um, health-wise. At the time, I was a special needs teacher. I loved my job. I loved the kids. I'd, I'd studied to, to get in that position, it, a real, real passion of mine, and still is. And so I went to the GP. Um, I said, I've got this headache. Um, So they sort of said, you know, leave it a week. Okay. You know, I left it probably about a month, (laughs) which is typical me. Um, So I went back and I said, "Mm, it's it's kind of progressing. It's becoming sort of um, around the back of my head, sort of down my neck. I can't kind of move my my head quite freely. I feel like there's kind of sort of something going on. And as I say, these other symptoms appeared. I I had sort of a really bad tummy, which sort of turned out to be kind of IBS. 
I started to get hives, which was activated by the cold weather, the, the hot weather, sort of the whatever materials um, that I had on my skin. So I, I went to wearing sort of organic materials, cotton. Um, I tried all these things and I, I didn't understand why these symptoms were actually, you know, becoming well, kind of really sort of affecting my life. And I was, you know, I would start to take a couple of days off sick. Um, and then I went down to four days because it's, I, I just couldn't manage. I couldn't stay on my feet for that long. So I went back to the doctor and I, in the end, I, I wrote a list of all my symptoms. And I, and I said to the doctor, I said, I showed them the list and I said, look, this, you know, this is what's happening. And, and it's just come on, it, it, you know, out of nowhere, just, just appeared. And it's funny because I can actually pinpoint the day that it started. Oh yeah. And um, because I'd had a really stressful day at work. Um, and at that point, there were tensions in my marriage. But, you know, we'd been together for 20 years. You know, we've got children together. I was working full time. He was working full time. And, you know, general relationship kind of tensions. Nothing that I thought was you know, kind of untoward. Wasn't particularly bothered about it, but that, you know, that specific day, I had stress at work, there was stress at home. And um, so, as I say, I went to the doctor, gave him this this list and, and, and she said, okay, well, she was only a registrar at the time. Um, and and she, she basically said, okay, that's quite an extensive list. Yeah. And, she was so good, so helpful. She she said, okay, I'm going to go away. I'm going to talk to somebody about this and I'll get, you know, I'll get back to you. And, and I just thought, okay, that, that doesn't sound, you know, very hopeful. Um, not that I felt that something was wrong, you know, at all. I, ju- I just felt, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hear from them. Yeah, yeah. And so that day she she phoned me back and she said can you come into the surgery so I said yeah I I had blood tests just just basically for any deficiencies that might be the root cause so vitamin D12 um so I was quite happy with that and you know she said you might be anemic which can have its own complications um so I said okay yeah that's fine really not really thinking about you know, something that was going to be massive. I just thought that I'll take a cup of vitamins or, you know, and then, yeah. And then she said, okay, we think that you have this. I didn't know what it was. I'd never heard of it before. And initially I thought, no, what a load of rubbish because I, it was invisible it's that it's that analogy isn't it if you've got a broken leg people can see it and that kind of makes it okay you know but if it's in your mind you know I I, I thought well these are psychosomatic symptoms I've got a lot of stress and she recommended me to so it escalated really quickly um so within a week I'd sort of seen a neurologist I'd had MRIs, CAT scans, um, there, there was no kind of hanging around, which kind of started to worry me a little bit. Yeah. So I thought, oh, okay, this, you know, okay, what's going on? Yeah, you know, this, this seems serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was thinking, oh, I'll push it aside, push it aside. And then a couple of weeks later, I saw a rheumatologist and she confirmed my diagnosis. She she got this, um, what I call like a little hammer out. And, and she said, she explained it really well, actually. She said that there were trigger points, but they have to be symmetrical. So there's 11 trigger points on each side. And she kind of whacked me with each of those. And um, yeah, it hurt. It hurt. There was a lot of, oh, <laughs> you know, please don't do that kind of thing. And the, the, the particular one, which I thought was really strange, is that she she put pressure on the inside of my knee, but a little bit sort of up, up my thigh. And that really hurt. And I kind of really shied, not shied away, but but it was yeah it really hurt and there's only one way I can describe it and you know and very quickly she said okay this is the fibromyalgia and I was like is that a real thing or is this kind of a made-up thing you know is this kind of a fob off like oh this is what you've got yeah yeah you know you'll be fine kind of thing and then I got the results back from the MRI and I, I call it the hippopotamus. You you probably yeah. know the term. <laughs> but I the hypothalamus. Of, that's the one. Yeah. I call it the hippopotamus. Yeah. And, <laughs> <Same difference>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and she said this this is acting kind of abnormally. You know, to sort of. Actually, it's the hippocampus, it. isn't it? I don't know. I, I just know it's the hippopotamus. <laughs> Anyway, I know the bit that you mean. <laughs> you know the bit that I mean. And they, they kind of put these like sticky things on my head and they, you know, they were exposing me to UV, you know, UVB lights. They would rub um, my skin in certain places that really quickly brought out the hives and goosebumps. And, you know, so I'd also started to get kind of sensations in my head where I felt like my skin was crawling. Um, So in the beginning, I would regularly say to people, have I got something in my hair? You know, I can't, you know, is there something in there? And no, no. So I explained this to the neurologist and, and, and he actually came back with said I had a functional neurological disorder. And I was like, oh, what's that? And he basically said that the hardware is fine, but the software is a little bit askew. Okay. Oh, I quite like <laughs> yeah, that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought, okay, that's really helpful, but kind of unhelpful in a way because I didn't know what, what I had to do. So I said, okay, well, what's next? And then he said, well, that's it. You, you know, that's it. There's nothing you can do. It's just that's it that's how your brain is is working and you know the skin crawling and everything um I've had for a little while but I just you know I didn't worry about it but when as soon as he said you know this this is chronic you know this is lifelong my world just caved in literally just caved in I didn't know the impact of you know what it was going to do I didn't know what was going to happen was it progressive it it was really scary Rachel it was it was really frightening and I didn't know what to do I didn't know who to talk about this to because immediately I had stigmatized myself in thinking 
this isn't right, you know, this is, you're making it up. Is this, you know, a way of me being able to deal with the stress is that, you know, I've kind of conjured up these, you know, things in my mind because no one could tell me full, uh, sorry, there was no medical diagnostic test um, apart from the neuro, uh, uh, sorry, the um, rheumatologist whacking me in certain painful places. But apart from that, it, you know, I had blood tests for lupus, um, all these kind of autoimmune uh, conditions and nothing was coming back. Everything mm-hmm. was coming back normal. You know, that, that for me was, that kind of compounded the fact that I'm making... Not that I, you know, subconsciously I was thinking, you know, this is real. But in my conscious mind, um, I was thinking, no, this, you know, this isn't real. This, this is kind of a fake um, kind of thing. So I started to do a lot of research and I now consider myself a professor in chronic pain. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, I I went on to sort of be in regular contact with my GP. Um, they put me on um, lifelong medication that would calm down my nerves and, and how I was reacting to, physically reacting to certain stimuli. And I it, it got to the point where I had to resign from what I believe is probably the most fulfilling and sort of best job I've ever had. Gosh, that must have really knocked you as well. Yeah, because in in that way, in that sense, I, I, my identity was slipping away. Still am quite a proud person. um, And I, I just felt I couldn't ask for help because it was, there was no physical outward symptoms. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I slipped into what I would call sort of quite a profound uh, depression because I was embarrassed. So much shame attached to, I, I, I did it, you know, I attached that shame to myself. Yes. I, I didn't really tell anyone, you know, because again, I just, I, you know, I felt so embarrassed. I, I stopped going out because I couldn't sit in, you know, in places for very long um, because of the pain. You know, I completely cut myself off and withdrew. I I would hide away in my bedroom. So I kind of really detached myself from my children um, because... I didn't want them to see it, see the depression more more than anything. I found it very difficult to explain, you know, what was going on. I actually didn't tell them um, at all uh, because I didn't want them to look at me as having a disability. And that's even now is really hard to say. You know, I didn't want the children to see me taking medication. I didn't, I, I wanted them to have a role model of a mum that was strong, you know, resilient, had a good job, you know, all these things. And, and they were just slipping away 
and I, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know where to go. I, I felt, as I say, I felt embarrassed, so I stopped telling people. And I stopped running, which obviously compounded the fact that I couldn't do things and yeah. um, like I used to. Gosh, you it know. sounds like your whole life was almost just sort of grinding to a halt, really. Yeah, it yeah, it totally did. It it stopped. In that moment, everything just stopped. I I felt that real loss. So my my GP recommend recommended going to see a counsellor. Mm. Um and I, I, I thought about it and I said, yeah, okay, I, I can see that this is a very, very slippery slope and I'm at the precipice of completely falling falling from a cliff um, and not being able to find my way back. And I went to the counsellor. She was very young, very empathetic, you know, very compassionate and she, you know, sort of telling her what happened. And she said, it sounds to me what you're suffering from is grief. And I thought, well, that doesn't make sense. I couldn't at that point make the connection. So I didn't go back because to me, it, it, it didn't make sense. I yeah. thought, well, you know, what, you know, what are you talking about? And now reflecting on that, she's absolutely right you know I'm mourning for the life that I just you know that what seemed to me at the time five minutes ago and all of a sudden you know things have completely changed so I didn't pursue that (laughs) you know reflecting back I should have done I got got put on sort of mood uh, medication pain medication um, and then all of a sudden I found that from a really healthy person to pill popping and so there was a, a very dark period that lasted for about a year and then one day I just thought no no I'm I'm not going to live my life the the remainder of my life like this and what, so what prompted that was there anything in particular or was it just a, a moment when you woke up there was a there was a moment, and I know this sounds very judgmental, but it was the place that I was at at the time. And my GP had recommended a, a, a three week pain management at St Thomas's, mm. um, and so I went along. And when I walked into the room, what I perceived of people that were really poorly you know some people couldn't lift a cup because of the pain and and immediately I thought I'm not like that you know I'm I'm not like that I I don't have that but in reality I did you know some days I had to drink from a store a straw because I couldn't lift the cup or you know that you know I was too tired to do that and I actually phoned my sister and said, no, I can't do this. And and she came up to London and kind of frog marched me into (laughs) St. Thomas's and said, you know, you need to do this. And when I finished, you know, when I came back out of St. Thomas's, I kind of realised that I don't want to be like that. I will go back to running. 
it was a very gradual it was you know half a kilometer then I'd sleep for the rest of the day and probably the next day after that because of the pain medication and I just I realized that I am still that person I'm I'm not I, I obviously I have my symptoms but I'm not going to get sucked into that I I a very proud person and sometimes quite determined sometimes not obviously um and I just thought I love running I love it and I need to find my way back because that is a great love of mine and that is you know in my core to do that and I I went to my first SVN and I did a lap and I felt that there's other people just doing a lap yeah that's fine that's absolutely fine that's okay and then it was the second lap and you know and I thought there was a friend um that said you know do you want to do another marathon I was no don't be daft so it took me a year it took me a year to build up build up to that and and it was almost like every lap I did the more I got my, you know, the more I regained of, yeah. of myself, I fell into, as we all say, that I crossed over to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I was doing a marathon and from being sort of the front of the pack to then being the back of the pack, it that I find that very confronting. I had, I had to deal with the fact that, you know, I'm not the runner that I was but I'm still out there. You know, I haven't, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. There's, there were marathons where I started crying at, you know, mile four, you know, but inside I I thought, no, I can, I can, I want, not, I can do it, but I want to do it. Mm. You know, I I still have that mindset of, okay, let's start the run and, and see how we get on. And in my mind, I always think, if I can get to 18 miles, I've done it. Yeah. I can hang on. Yeah, you can <laughs> hang on for those last eight. Yeah. <laughs> or I can crawl in, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, there have been really hard times where I haven't hit the cut. You know, I've, I've had to come in at, you know, a certain time and, and, you know, kind of be told in a very nicely possible way, unfortunately you can't you know you can't really go back out again because it's not going to count but in because of this proudness I wouldn't have allowed I I, in my mind I haven't made the cut and that's it you know rules are rules at the end of the day yeah Um, so I had to deal you know I had to deal with that as well I had to deal with losing my job I had to deal with not connecting to my children I, I realized that my mental health was sliding, not because of my, just my diagnosis, but the fact of, you know, I wasn't the person that I was, I kind of wasn't that fun going person anymore. I wasn't, mm. you know, I didn't want to go out. And coming to the end of my marriage, I realized something's got to change, you know, something has got to change. And, and, and since then, I... I don't know why I decided that I was going to do a hundred marathons <laughs> because it was almost like I, I, I want to do it. I want to have that, 
that part of me back again and yeah. I, had, I had to fight for it Rachel it hasn't been easy you know I have been in and out of hospital in that time um I got diagnosed with bipolar but in a way I'm pleased that I was I already had that diagnosis of fibro and 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 had already gone into that kind of this isn't my identity so it really taught me a lesson because again sort of bipolar is is a mental illness that isn't seen so I kind of already gone gone through that so it was kind of like I kind of laughed because I thought oh that's another thing to put on my CV um and that and that kind of really that strangely it didn't bother me at all but it made sense to me because in a way, um, your body keeps a score. Yeah. You see, so so what you don't, what you don't talk about, or you know, your experiences, will, for me, manifest in in a in a physical way. So I was very good at saying, you know, I I've I've got these these conditions, and now it's it's kind of released released me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose you, know, you went through those years of almost denying it. Mm, absolutely. Then actually accepting it and bizarrely in accepting it, that's that you're now in a place where actually it, you know, I accept I have it, but it, but it's not who I am. So yeah. almost in accepting it, you've been able, it's put you in a, in a much better place to deal with it and manage it. And and be a person not defined as the person with bipolar and fibromyalgia. Mm. Whereas before, when you were just pushing it away, pushing it away, it was it was actually having a a far greater mm. impact. Yeah, absolutely. Not? And, and you were losing your identity then anyway, because you were just mm. shutting everything away. Yeah. So I know that now that... If I think about myself, I don't say, hi, I'm Louise. This is my bipolar, you know, I have bipolar in this. It's it's almost like, hi, I'm Louise. And I have that, you know, yeah. I, it's it's not in the forefront. I, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, if someone asked me, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it anymore. You know, I have limped in, you know, from a marathon and, you know, there have been times where people have wanted to talk to me on the marathon, you know, it's very friendly and they're tight, you know, and I've had to say, I'm really sorry, but I'm in so much pain. Mm. I cannot, you know, talk. And some people might say, well, if you were in that much pain, you know, why did you do it? And I, and I get that. I understand it. It was for me. It, yeah. You know, it's always it's your, been for me. It's your challenge, isn't it? Your, yeah. your battle, yeah. your, your proof that, that you can mm. still go and do these things or at least Absolutely. go and try and do those things because there yeah. will be days when you succeed at it. Mm. Yeah. Many um, days when you succeed. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> I think I think there's been a few days where um, I've, you know, people have been like, oh, dear, don't talk to her today, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, there's been tears all in all. Every time I do a run, it's a win. 
and yeah. whether it be 5k or 36 miles which is you know the furthest that I've run and now that I've done that done the 100 I'm kind of looking for the next thing and I do look at other people other you know disabilities whether it be physical or you know mentally challenging and I do find them an inspiration because I think yeah they you know they've picked themselves up they you know they've got jobs they you know all these things that I felt that I lost you know I'm looking at other people and thinking yeah they've done that why can't I try and do that other people can be such a source of inspiration for us and in part that was why I've I enjoy doing this podcast because it's sharing those experiences of loss whatever sort of loss that it is and Mm. that will you know how did you what did you learn from that that actually now means that you can go and do things perhaps in a you know in a different way do different Mm. things but that you're still actually going out and you know and it's it's positive things that you're that you're able to go out and achieve or just the just the way in which you you go about your your life you know your sort of ethos for life so are there things that you do on a on a daily or regular basis sort of good habits that you've got into that enable you to to manage those pain levels and so that you can go out and do these things yeah yes so I I know that I need to rest I I had a thing in my mind to push 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 you know if I'm feeling tired I need to get things done but now I I think no everything in moderation you don't have to do everything all at once if you sort of say one day you know oh okay I'll walk you know I'll walk for you know 5k or whatever I know that the next day I need to take it easy because if I don't then I mean it's you know people around me find you know we've we've found humor in you know in this um if 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 my brain kind of decides that that's it um there's a couple of people around me that call it like disco dancing on the floor you know because (laughs) my brain will just cut off so in regards to the grief but I lost the trust in my body because I I wouldn't recognize the fact that I needed to rest again that ties in with the proud kind of person yeah yeah and if if I if I don't do things in moderation then there will be you know consequences to that so I do rest quite a lot I do like you know some little if I'm really tired you know, do like a little nap in the afternoon. <laughs> I make sure that I keep my, I try to keep my stress levels, you know, quite low. I do make sure that I exercise. That was something that was a bit of a shock to me, actually, in the pain management um, uh, experience that, you know, actually exercising, even if it's 10 minutes, um, a day 
you know a bit of yoga or um something like that will kind of loosen up your body a little bit and relieve the tension um if you are sort of feeling stressed and I also learned that just because I can do it it doesn't mean that I should which kind of I thought well that's a bit contradictory you know but actually they said just because you can do a, a marathon or or be able to clean the house in one day doesn't mean that you should because you are going to have ramifications of that so I did have to learn to to do things you know moderately and actually listen to my body yeah without kind of pushing it aside and actually be be in tune you know or I I actually really don't feel well today right okay housework is always going to be there yeah yeah does so it matter just, if it's not done today or tomorrow or next week? It's exactly that. Does it actually matter? And before the old me would have said, well, yeah, because X, Y, Z. But now the new me is like, actually, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, I would rather that do things in moderation than push things too hard and then be be a bit poorly after. Yeah. And when I yeah. say poorly, it's like you know slurred speech word finding you know losing the ability of my right side you know sort of stuff like that so you know it's kind of the fear of the the drastic symptoms to actually that's what keeps me in check now because I'm like oh (laughs) yeah I don't yeah but I still you know there are some days where I still do feel a bit embarrassed about you know, telling people that, you know, I really don't feel well today. So there is, there is still, I, 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 I wouldn't be authentic and congruent if I, if I didn't say, you know what, that's still a little part of me that, that, you know, does want to be, you know, oh, I can do this and, and push it too hard and then kind of almost regret it. Like, <laughs> yes, later. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. feeling rough afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever go back to counselling after having had that? I did. Aborted I did attempt? Back, yeah, I did. And I interacted with uh, IAP service. So um, the service that's sort of outside the GP, but it's kind of linked to the GP. So you're looking at kind of mind and, and things like that. Yeah. So I had, a, I had um, a fair few sessions with them. And there was an intervention where they gave me a pie chart and they said, but okay, what, what, what would you class yourself as, you know, a mother, a runner, a gardener, you know, all, all these kind of things. And, and not once did my diagnosis came, come into that pie chart. And that really gave me strength to think, no, that isn't part of my identity. Mm. And because of that experience, I did decide to go into counselling myself. So I felt that I could, with my experiences, I could maybe give um, somebody support that that is, you know, experiencing that at, at that time. And I'm pleased to say that I have just qualified. Yeah, excellent. And well done. I know, I know. But I've I've done the scary thing now with applied for a job um and I got a message yesterday to say that they would like to interview me oh so. yay fantastic 
So we'll see. I feel like I'm actually getting my getting my life back now, and it's taken yeah. a few years, and it's been a very long journey. You know, as as we said earlier, Rachel. You know, I have learned to accept it. I've learned not to push myself too hard, um, but enough to create a strength and resilience to kind of carry on and. Yeah, do basically do what I want to do and don't let that hold me back. Yeah, yeah. And I guess under your terms. Yes. As well, so that actually if you know that you need to have a rest day Mm. or a rest period, then then you take that because Mm. that's what you need so that you can come back sort of much sooner and be able to, to carry on doing the things that you want to do. That's right, because the more I, I push, the the longer it takes to bounce back because I haven't listened to my body. But again, you know, it looking at people that have done, you know, over 300 marathons or the 52 and 52s or the 20 and 20s, you know, there is that little part of me still that's a bit like, oh. <laughs> but I know realistically... I mean, of course, people do hurt after a marathon. Of, of, of course, they do. It's it's what it's all relative, isn't it? It's it's what yeah. they can manage. It's just when it goes on for sort of weeks on end, or you know, I can't. Like I said earlier, you know, I can't lift a cup, or I have to drink from straw, and you know, those kind of things. It's it is quite confronting, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, crikey, yeah. I have the hugest of admiration for you to going through that. Last summer, I developed sciatica, Ooh. and it became didn't really do very much about it. Well, it was kind of tricky because of lockdown, and we'd moved to a new area, so I didn't have the normal support systems in place. But it kind of just festered, and then sort of rapidly got got really quite debilitating to Mm. to the point where I honestly couldn't I couldn't do any I couldn't stand up I couldn't sit down I was just in constant pain and what really what I noticed was actually how when I got to that what felt like a very extreme level of of pain and discomfort how much that suddenly impacted my mental well-being Mm. And I then, you know, I got fearful of, you know, is is this how the rest of my life is going to be? Yeah. You know, and, and I, you know, and I sort of started thinking, I, you know, I'd, I couldn't do I couldn't do anything without without being in pain mm. and without my um, my back spasming. It, yeah. I mean, just just hideous. So whenever I. You know, I mean, thankfully that did all get resolved and I, you know, I just kind of have to be very wary of, of mm. um, well, not wary, but kind of like you listen into my body. So as soon as I feel yeah. something like, oh, that oh. feels a bit iffy, then, you know, I make sure I, yeah. I get it checked out or I stop what I'm doing and I'm doing do something else. So I have huge admiration for people who are living with that on a on a mm. daily basis yeah and you know and manage it and you know learning those those things that you have to do in order that you mm. you can function and and do the things that you want to yeah. do yeah and I, I have learned that it is all about moderation 
Mm. You know, I, I have learned that. And, you know, no, I can't run, you know, six miles in the morning and six miles in the evening. You know, I can't do that anymore. And and yeah, that that was really hard. But but now I'm like, well, what what are the consequences of that? You have to weigh it up, don't you? Like what what's worse? Yeah, it it is really hard. And and like you now, I do have a lot of compassion you know, for people that are living in chronic pain or who who are, you know, fearful of, you know, oh, if I do sit down too long, oh, that's going to really hurt. And what's going to happen to me tomorrow? Am I going to be able to yeah. you know, walk? Or, you know, there is a little bit of fear in that because you lose the trust in your body because you don't know how it's going to, how it's going to go. You might be fine. You know, but but in that moment of or oh, I've overdone it, how how is that going to impact me now? You know, yeah, yeah. Has doing your counselling training helped helped you with doing your own conditions? Because it, you it, you have to do a lot of work on yourself, don't you? Yeah, I've, I I have I have been in therapy for two years now on a regular basis, and that and that has really helped me. But then listening to my clients who are, you know, struggling and things like that, it, it has it has helped me because in a way I feel like and just and just, you know, you you know, you've just explained and you know your um issue with your sciatica. I, I just feel this incredible and overwhelming sense of empathy because it's it's no joke, you know, it's 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 not something where you can go well I've got a you know backache or you know when when it's chronic and it's painful it it does wear you down it Mm. it really does wear you down um so yeah I I I really love now what I do I realize that teaching is a very physical job and that I won't be able to go back and do that again, which was really tough. But I found something that I can do and that I really enjoy doing. And that's just lovely that you've it's kind of almost come come full circle in a way. Yeah. That you, you, yeah. You, know, you had your life before all of this where you, you had a job that you loved and you were you were running and everything. And then you've been through all of this. And you're still able to do all those things in a mm. in a slightly refined way, yeah. But perhaps also with the addition of the the empathy and the the compassion that you've mm. that you've developed because you've been through this experience yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I have to say, you know, before. Um, I didn't I didn't have that you know if someone said oh you know I've got really bad migraine in my mind I would just think it a migraine was a headache you know and so take a couple of pills you know but now I'm I realize the impact of having a migraine you know and and my first instance is right go and get a bath get into bed you know, go and have a rest, go and have a lay down, leave everything, you know, like you said earlier, or be there tomorrow. Whereas I didn't really have that before because I I didn't, I could understand, but I wasn't walking in their shoes. Whereas now I probably mother people a bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can become, it's funny because I can become really, um, not bossy, but, but, you know, you need to have some self-care and, you know, yeah. what has brought this migraine on and, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, self-care is a very big thing of mine. It wasn't something that I appreciated before. Didn't really know what it, what it was, um, if that sounds really daft. Um, I didn't I didn't realize how important yeah. it is to listen to your body and look after yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. Physically and mentally. You know, the things the things that we say to ourselves, you know, would we say that to anyone else? No. So why say it to us? You know, why say mm. it to yourself? Yeah. You know? I always loved saying this, um, I think it was by Zig Ziglar, I think, and he said. I'll look after me for you if you look after you for me. Generally, as humans, you know, we are loving, caring beings and, you know, but we we can love and care for people so much better when mm. we're in a good place ourselves. Exactly. So I just really sort of love that, you know, it's like take mm. the responsibility that if I look after myself, then I can mm. look after the people that I love and care for so much better yeah. Yeah. And be of far greater service to them and, you know, and to my clients than than actually if I don't look after myself and Mm -hmm. I'm not functioning at, you know, at the best that I could do. Hmm. I have to say I I'm a much better mother now because, you know, I, I do sort of interact with my my children and I, you know, I'm I'm generally in a better place. I'm a happier person things are managed now they before they were out of control and I didn't know what I was doing and uh, you know I couldn't I couldn't push through um whereas now because like you say my life has been refined or <laughs> modified um I I I do feel that you know I'm a better mother now and it's it's amazing I'm just I'm pleased to be through it but I'm also it's taught me so much and, and I I'm actually I know it sounds really odd but I'm really grateful for it yeah because I feel like I'm a much better person now than I was before but it was just going through that little rough patch yeah that that has, that has taught you, me a lot yes mm. yeah. and I just think that's you know what a good position to be in when you can yeah. look back at that experience and and as mm. you say feel be be grateful that you that you went through the the pain and the struggle of it mm. because ultimately it has you know enriched your life and you know just as you say you you feel you're a better mum now you know enrich the lives of of those that you that you care for as well yeah so yeah no I, I do feel really lucky in a, in a in a strange way and when when the symptoms do flare up I obviously don't feel very lucky then um, because they are overwhelming you know and and you do feel you know you can't you can't really cope and you you know and you don't know what to do with yourself because you're in so much pain before I would suffer that weeks on end you you know literally weeks on end and now my flare-ups are two to three days not even even that now Um, so you can sort of almost jump on them as soon as you become aware that that things are bubbling up again (laughs) yeah yeah just it starts creeping I'm like oh yeah 
Oh, you know? brilliant. And who and who doesn't like, you know, binge on what you know, binge watching Netflix? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to, to sit there for two days and <laughs> absolutely important part of self-care. <laughs> exactly. You know, two hot water bottles and a blanket, and I'm I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time and and you know, courage in, in sharing all that story I'm, I'm guessing that that's probably not something that you would have been happy doing you know a few no. a few years ago but you know no. I'm sure there's going to be so many people out there listening to this who will relate to it and will take inspiration and and learn from you about sort of moderation and and self-care and and actually how you know so much can still be achieved and yeah, just just yeah. Look at, by looking after yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You can't you can't run on an empty tank. No, you can't fill someone else's teacup from an empty teapot. Exactly, exactly that. So many little sayings, so many cliches, but I they know. are so true. <laughs> and they become kind of ingrained into your into your mind after a while, you know. And and that's that's a positive thing, I think you know don't don't let it get you down you know look at it as okay it's time to think about myself even if it's for you know I tell my clients 15 20 minutes a day if you can yeah so yeah well good luck with all your interviews Thank with your interview you. we'll see we'll yes. see thank, yeah. you, Cross. Oh. thank you Rachel Thank you so much, Louise. That conversation has given me real insight into how it is for you or anybody else living with chronic pain. And I hope will help us all have a little more compassion and empathy. And perhaps if you suffer from chronic pain yourself, there'll be a lot in there that you can take away to learn from Louise's experience. Thank you, Jamie Farrell, for the beautiful music and to you, the listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. It helps others find the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll be back in two weeks with another lesson from loss.